0: This is the SFF Audio Podcast. Hi, I'm Jesse.
1: Hi, I'm Paul.
2: Hi, I'm Marissa.
0: And today we're going to talk about The Game Players of Titan, a 1963 novel by Philip K. Dick. This was... Uh, First published in an ace paperback, uh, F-251, for 40 cents. And um, it it was published, they said, on December 12th, I think it was, 1963. Very specific publication. Hmm. (laughs) date. And this novel was the first novel to come out in between um, the hardcover release of The Man in the High Castle and the paperback release of The Man in the High Castle. Ah. So... Uh, kind of a strange (laughs) follow-up. Yeah, but uh, it was also apparently nominated for something.
1: Nebula Award,
0: I believe. Yeah, uh, or maybe a yes. It was nominated for something. What do you guys think of this book? Was it was it a worthy follow-up to uh, Man in the High Castle?
3: That's tough.
1: tough. (laughs) Yeah, that's a very high bar. (laughs) Yeah, I was setting the bar pretty high there. I, I
0: really liked it when I, I started it. I was like, yeah, this is cool. I, I really liked how clear it was. And then uh, somehow I ended up in a taxi um, with no memory of how I got there. <laughs> <laughs> and then the whole plot sort of went like that for the rest of the book for me.
3: Huh, what there was
0: about, good good bits in it, but I once that happened, I was like, "What what's going on?
2: Funny. And what about you, Paul? Um
1: it, it 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 started off a little slow, but things went fine. And then when suddenly when he's in the taxi and Idol having no memory of having got there, I thought, wow And things, and and I was kind of disappointed once we actually find out, actually got to see what bluff actually was. I mean, we've been <laughs> built up through this entire book about this game of bluff that's uh, the obsession of the of the landed uh, class of the depopulated Earth and bluff. Feels kind of bit like a cross between Monopoly and Candyland and Liars Dice, and not or like, yeah, the game of
0: Life is what I was thinking.
1: Uh, of. Oh, yeah. that's that, that's even a better one. Yeah, I didn't even think of that Yeah, because 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 they land on spaces and things happen, yeah. but you can lie about whether you, what you spun to get on that space.
0: Yeah, and also the, there's spinning, but there's also like cards, and I, I'm, I I felt like they were shaking dice and throwing them too, but I think. That's not. I think it was car, cards and spins. Mm-hmm. Cards and
1: spins, and yeah, yeah. the the, 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 ga- the game unfortunately didn't live up to the oh, as a built up as being the be all end all. So if, yeah, if the titoni- uh, Tritonian said, uh, come up with this for for uh, thousands of years. Apparently, their powers of imagination aren't as great as <laughs> parts, because like. <laughs> I would like to have been something a little more interesting. I mean the cover the, the old cover belies how the cover's more interesting in some ways than oh, the actual yeah. game of bluff. It looks
2: like chess yeah. or something. Yeah. I kind of enjoyed that though, that it was just so ridiculous. That it was just yeah. like a board game. The the Vugs just seemed so ridiculous. Yeah. I really like this book. I enjoyed um,
0: it. Yeah, so uh let's let's talk a bit about more more about the game aspect. I, I was pretty sure I don't remember if I sent you guys a story. Um, but there is a short story, uh, by Dick in which, um, uh, aliens from the outer solar system send, I think they were from Jupiter, uh, one of the Jovian moons or something, rather than Titan, but they send, uh, board games to Earth and, and, uh, they have, like, a bureau to check to make sure they're not alien invasion stuff. Uh. Um, but one of the board games was, um in that short story was an alien invasion thing. But the only way to find that out was to take the game home and have the kids test it. Right.
1: Oh, right. That's
0: kind of, um, sorry. Oh, yeah. So, um, uh, I'm, trying, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of that story. It's not coming to me. I wanted to say fair game, but that has nothing to do with it, but it is, um, it is a story, uh, short story. And it's, it's, it's a good short story. Um, but I, I think there's something to this, uh, you know, (laughs) the way we conceive of Philip K. Dick writing his novels, uh, unlike Lovecraft, who we have really, you know, every document, there was somebody said, um, if there's a three day spam that we don't know exactly what Philip K. Dick is doing, that's like a, in his whole life, basically from 1900 until he died, that's like a big shocker. Right, because we really know exactly what he's doing. He's writing letters every day, and yeah. all those letters are collected. And you can read hundreds and hundreds of pages about you know his thoughts on everything. Philip K. Dick, almost nothing, because unlike uh, Lovecraft, who was a letter writer, Dick was a you know sit around at home bullshitter sort of guy, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Going to somebody's house and talking uh, about music and whatever. So we don't we don't have that but i think by reconstructing just what's in the books i think we can get a really good idea of what his life was yeah. like
1: we've we, we talked about that before with you know troubles with his wives and other and other things but, that have inserted into his uh career so uh,
0: basically this is one aspect that i don't think we've seen before um I, there's a lot of stuff that's similar uh, but in the in the game aspect alone I've had the experience of sitting around playing Monopoly with family members, right? And it is an obsessive, horrible experience. (laughs) You lose uh, without, you know, anything to do with skill. Um, Your family members become egomaniacal, or you do, right? Um, As you crush them into bankruptcy. And the game just sort of peters out with lots of resentment and
3: uh, <laughs> upsetness.
0: And yet it's compelling, right? That's why the game is so popular is because it's horrible. I know, it's you're it, making
2: it, me want to uh, play it just by <laughs> the way you're yeah, describing
0: I'm, it. That's it. it's exactly what it's like. Yeah. and So I can see you know, Dick sitting around playing with his wife and his kids. And, and because he's so weirdly empathic when it comes to other people's mind states and very philosophical it just naturally turns itself into a novel like this. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was my takeaway from what, what that meaning of, uh, if we, if we imagine that monopoly was a real thing, right. That, and it kind of is right. Wall street and, yeah. um, uh, uh, Madison gardens and right. Madison Avenue and all those street names that, that it was a game that, that people like Trump were playing and, uh, has very little to do with skill, right?
3: Yeah,
0: exactly. Has little to do
1: with psychology and yeah, bluffing and and lots of and lots of luck. lots
0: dice, right? That have not or yeah, in this case, spins of the wheel that have nothing to do with your your your, your life skills or what you deserve or what anyone else deserves. But um, I just I, I I tweeted out that opening line. Um, Pete Garden had had a rough night or whatever it is, and then. Um, he got into an argument with his car. <laughs> oh
2: yeah, <It's> such <laughs> that, a great
1: is, line.
0: Yeah, it is it, wonderful line. And that, there's a number of car scenes that are great. But I'll let yeah, Paul. Why don't you go for it? Yeah,
1: forward? yeah, the, yeah. The the, the 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 cars are are some of the most realized characters in this entire book. They they argue with their participants. They're like, no, I don't want to go there. <laughs> at, they, we also have that. We also have that door at one point when. Uh, mm-hmm that uh that says no you're not when a guy's getting kidnapped like and he said well t- t- tell the police and then and then uh the woman says no don't tell the police but he still remembers so when they come to investigate the uh the disappearance of the door just spills the whole guts it's, just, it's like yeah, the elevator the elevator thank you yes yeah, it the el- it's just like that there the really are interesting simulated personalities in the uh in the hardware of this world. It's, it's, it's a lot more, uh, like, um, metal hardware rather than, I mean, our, our last book was all like biological stuff. This is much more concrete doors yeah. and doors and elevators and cars and much more graspable technology. There was a technology. kettle.
0: There was a kettle that had the Rushmore effect. In
2: That's it. right. Yeah. The kettle that like reports on you. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, so, he, he looked out the window and then he went out.
0: <laughs> the the Rushmore effect. It's uh, I like. There's a lot of Dick stuff where he just names things and then he just assumes every everybody's good with that, right? So we never learn like who Rushmore is or you know how this circuit, the Rushmore circuit, got installed and everything. But I did um, recall, and I think you guys may have seen it. Um, the old uh, there's an episode of Red Dwarf. In which talkie toaster takes a, a role, <laughs> yeah, talky toaster is a toaster that has the Rushmore effect essentially, and that you know you can have a philosophical conversation with it, but ultimately the conversation always ends with, "So you want some toast?"
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like putting AI circuits into uh, doors and you know elevators uh and cars don't get their maintenance it's like hmm
1: that reminds (laughs) me of a mork and mindy episode where mork puts an ai into the house and he's arguing with it and the 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 toaster randomly pops up and the ai says anyone want a pop tart really (laughs) yeah that's about the only mork and mindy episode i remember was that one actually (laughs)
0: Yeah, I don't remember them very much at all, other than it was set in Colorado, so maybe there's something to it.
1: (laughs) Oh, but no, back then it wasn't so much, but...
0: Yeah, we get a visit to Pocatello, Idaho, we get, um, Berkeley is, you know, front and center.
1: New Mexico, Uh, which is new and different. hmm. The the record store in New Mexico, the antique record shop.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm still having a bit of trouble figuring out what the plot is of this after a certain point. Um, after that, he wakes up in his car and doesn't know what happened, where the hours went. Um, I'm still a little unclear as to what... So I'm just going to throw this out and you tell me if I'm right. Okay. Earth has been subjugated by the Vugs, the Titanian Overlords. But in their destruction of the Earth's uh, armies or defenses... They released a bomb that the East Germans made that, uh, would have killed everybody except they all had some gland taken out of them, which, uh, prevented them from dying, <laughs> but made them sterile and also, uh, makes them live, uh, for very extended lives, perhaps immortality. Um, then, um, in, in sort of a Japanese, uh, dominated by the united states way they have had their constitution rewritten the constitution of earth rewritten and and now bindmen, uh people who own uh cities uh play games in which they gamble for their cities and marriages and everything else but the people on titan are some of them want to get in on the game and live lives on earth for some reason is that the plot no Okay,
3: I don't
1: know, no, did I no, ask it? no no, 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 no that, that's not the plot. okay, so here's here's the plot as i as I divined it. okay, so earth and earth and Tri- Earth and Titan had a war at some point, but now they're in a very cold, very cold peace sort of approach. There was apparently a war on Earth. The Chinese were the ones who accidentally helped sterilize most of the earth. Mm. and that's why the population is now low and so but even on even on titan there are a couple factions of bugs some of which are much more militaristic than others that some of them really want to get back and dominate and subjugate the earth the others are much more much more cool about the idea and so the the main plot revolves around around these uh these landold owners and of course and the their machinations, even as the bugs, especially as, since they're impersonating people, are trying to infiltrate and manipulate things by uh, infiltrating Earth society.
0: Yeah, that that sounds exactly like what I said, except no,
2: slightly,
1: it, different. It is slightly different. Yeah, slightly different. Okay, maybe it wasn't as different. I as think it's right the same, right apart
2: right. from that last the the last one. Like the bugs aren't trying to live on Earth, are they? They're like Aren't they? they there's there's a bunch of them that
1: are. Yeah. Yeah, they, not, they
2: just are, though. Like, they're just like, the moderate bugs are just kind yeah, of like...
0: Yeah, but they sort of take over humans' shapes, right? So that they yeah. look like... You can't yeah. tell if they're bugs or not. And they also live like humans. Yeah. Except, like a lot of humans, which we haven't mentioned, everybody, uh, a lot of people are telepathic or psionic or precog or whatever.
2: But yeah, they and the they're black. trying to repopulate the the human race as well, right? The moderates, yeah, yeah. Their their whole the whole game thing is set up to try and like repopulate Earth,
0: right? Now, uh, Marissa, you picked up on the the um, the line from the Pirates of Penzance that I tweeted, and you you found it in
3: yeah, found Man in
2: the high
0: castle, and you said that it was Mister Tagomi's line. Is that right?
2: Um, I think it was like a cipher that was sent to him that had like a, a meaning that only he could understand.
0: Right. Right. So it goes, um, things are seldom what they seem. Skim milk masquerades as cream.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Now, uh, to me, that was just like a fun line, right? But also, it, it kind of, I think, because Philip Giddick's used it at least twice, right? Um, he thinks it's a fun line as well. That whole um, section of the Pirates of Pensance is really funny, um, and very dreamlike, uh, kind of like you know, uh, Alice in Wonderland style. Um, the character Buttercup is singing these lines, and the protagonist is saying, so, "Okay, I catch your drift, all right." Um, but it's all in in that really tight rhyme and very fun. But that particular line, skim milk masquerades of cream, I, I I think that. Is sort of the key for Dick to start doing that. Um, the 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 effect that I think is really cool when when Pete Garden first goes to to Titan, right? I don't know, you know, he suddenly is there, sort of transported by brain transference or what? a Mind mm-hmm. transference. Um, He's playing the game. He spins the uh, spins the uh, thing he put, picks his card, and they. They change the reality yeah. of what's on this card by using their psionic ability, and just by, um, as uh, as uh, Steve Jobs, you know, has that ability—the reality distortion field, right? Mm-hmm. Where you just say, "We're going to make a." we're going to do the impossible, not technically impossible, but we're going to do the things that people say can't be done in a certain amount of time. And he just, they just put their will on him and say, no, you risk me mis- misread your card. And then when he looks at it again, he said, you're right. I did misread my card, but
2: yeah, that was his friend had, though.
0: Right. He, I'm not sure. That but, was when,
2: um, What's his name? Joe Schilling. Yeah. was there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, I think that's Joe Schilling telling how what's going on. He's sort of the uh, wise, experienced guy in this. But um, just the, the that sort of little bit, that little hint, that is very much uh, uh, sort of a, a a thing we see in other books, like especially in *Man on the High Castle* or um, or uh, *Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep?* You know, with the with the fake police station and do do they know that they're you no know, they're androids and all that stuff i yeah. think that, that was a really cool um and that cypher just the uh, skim milk masquerades is cream um vugs are people right but they're not exactly the same as humans mm-hmm. but when they're in a human body uh what what happens at the end one of the characters gets in rents a car and and says um please tell me if i'm human or not Right, because they how how would you know if you're a bug that's in a human body, and you've had your mi- your your memories tampered with or replaced? Yeah, there's no way for you to know, right?
1: I, I, and the sides are growing closer to each other. I mean, the both sides play the game. Both sides have they have mm-hmm. different psionic abilities. I mean, humans have telepathy and some other things, and the bugs have this. Reality distortion. So, yeah, in, s- in some ways, both sides are kind of becoming each other. I mean, Dick could have taken this even further, but just, just the whole fact that we, I mean, we see these bugs as inhuman bodies, then they transport the game to Titan in the, in the, in Newman, and then they just go back into their regular forms. But it would have been even more interesting had, uh, Dick pushed it even further and had the humans taking bug bodies, but maybe just wrote it too fast to oh, think yeah. of that. As, as a possibility, well, but it's, it's a logical speed. extension.
0: He was on speed very clearly. Uh, his character's on speed in this book, right? Yeah, Outlet. oh yeah. Um, not to mention he's suicidal uh, several times, but there there's a a very cool um, thing floating in the background of this plot, the, the touches that we normally see. I, I saw the first review on Goodreads has a checklist of all the dick themes that go through you know, his Papes and uh, there's a few. a th- few ones I think there should be at boobs was not on that list. That <laughs> boobs come at least twice.
1: Yeah. Um. <laughs> Infidel marital infidelity again. Oh man.
0: Yeah. Marital- uh, marital.
1: Uh, 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 well, the guy says had what 17 wives. It's like yeah. it's like it's <laughs> like wow. It's just like revolving door. Of, oh, I lost a property. I must divorce my wife now, sort of thing. Oh. But I, yeah. I, I I did notice we don't do we ever see the. Re- the reverse? I mean, we, we don't see wives, supporting and husbands because they lost at the game. It seems to be only the men who really have the major... I majors. was wondering
3: they, that.
1: It, Because cause I, it seems like the men are the major players and the women are their are their partners, but it never seems to be the yeah. reverse.
2: I was like, yeah. wait, are the dudes just all trading property and women? Like, are the totally women wise, trading but, stuff as well?
0: Well, yeah. he's married to everyone in the group, right? At least once, yeah. Months, and that i mean it t- ties into the plot um uh pretty well i think that he's you know he's made it the reason i have to get divorced and and uh, remarried you know 17 times is because uh we have to try different uh mixes to try and get more babies made right
2: yeah so that, that was that fascinating is pretty
0: good yeah yeah
2: and it was like their most important thing. Like just like if someone has a baby, it's like national news.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: The most You're important like, you thing go, of their life. The radio.
0: Somebody yeah. in Ontario had a baby. Um, yeah. So uh, one of the things that I was wondering if it would ever be mentioned, I don't think it ever was, is why is it called their Why is their syndicate called Pretty Blue Fox?
3: i figure that out.
0: I don't think there's okay. anything internal to the book that can explain that. But there was other groups and they had the the three digit, you know, sort of sounding NATO yeah. style call code sort of names. And, um, and I was thinking that might be, have to do with the radio. You know how um, if you are a ham radio enthusiast, you have your call sign mm-hmm. and you send that around to other people um, when you're calling out to the world you're calling for a particular person and then when you make contact you mail them a postcard with your your ham radio number on it and so it could be a sign just you know pbf something like that and then they just say pretty blue fox because that's a Mm -hmm. sort of a nato thing but uh, i was also reminded of do you guys remember not that many books ago i can't remember how many exactly but two or three books back there was a there was a story uh, or a novel with some robot uh, brains on little carts and they were called lazy dogs remember that mm-hmm. at the beginning of the book and the end of the book the lazy dogs are running around and biting each other yeah. and so it's like it it's almost like these are sort of childish um he's dick is teaching his kids what book do you remember the book
1: now wait for last year
0: now wait for last year was it yeah okay um it's almost like dick is teaching his kids all of these sort of the children culture you know um there's this children culture that we sort of forget when we we're adults but comes back to us apparently when we have kids um that we teach to the kids or at least other kids teach and it just sort of exists within children's culture. So, you know, ring around the rosy, pocket full of posy, husha, husha, we all fall down. I, I haven't said that since I was a kid. But if I was to pop out a baby next year, um, I would be able to recall that and all of the other ones. Because mm-hmm. I need that material for uh, spending time with a kid, right? Teaching them sort of distraction techniques and All the things. So I think it might be something like that. It's just like, you know, the quick brown fox uh, ran over the lazy dog. Just it's every letter of the alphabet, right, is the idea. Um, And it sort of feel, I mean, given that this has got a game in it, right, um, that is very much a thing you would play with your kids. You wouldn't have, I wouldn't sit around playing Monopoly with a whole bunch of uh, adults. That seems, I mean, maybe it's a social, you know, dating thing, but. Uh, that is not my idea of great fun.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, it's more like you know when there's kids around, then you'll play and it you'll have fun then. So I think you know we're just uh, with this book and with those sort of like little things like that, we're seeing uh yeah another glimpse into Dick's life.
2: Yeah, it is a really <laughs> playful book actually.
0: Yeah. Um, I also wanted to talk about uh the character names. Um, yeah, I think yeah. there's a lot of fun na- characters uh, names in the in Pretty Blue Fox. Um, there was a, a couple named Angst. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was awesome. And then in encounter to them, there was a guy named Calamine. <laughs> uh, like Calamine lotion, you, you know, <laughs> yeah. soothing. There's the Angsts. They they're really stressful. And then there's Calamine. Uh, of course, there's Luckman, right? And his name is Lucky Luckman. That's his. Yeah, that's
2: right, Lucky yeah. Luckman. And there's Mr.
0: Uh, Gaines. Is there another Gaines in this? Oh. Yeah. And remember, there's a cop uh, named Hawthorne. Um, Hawthorne Abinson from uh, Man in the High Castle. Right. Oh,
3: yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, uh, sin, right? Remember Hawthorne, Nathaniel Hawthorne, is sort of his thing is sin, and here we've got a cop whose job is to find out sin. I thought that was fun. Um, yeah. It might be the case, I'm not sure that this is true, but weren't a lot of the Vugs didn't they have initials instead of first names?
2: Yeah, they all did. That was the... I noticed that. E.G. E.
0: Black and... Right.
2: Yeah, U.S. Cummings, E.B. Yeah. White... No, E.B. Yeah. E. Black, yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah, it's and it's like, why is that? There's no reason it's stated in the book, but... Yeah. It's it's sort of his way of indicating to us very quickly. I don't know who is it? Yeah, I out,
2: that when outwardly
1: he, a bug. Yeah.
2: Yeah, because even when he's talking to that doctor and he's not sure if it was a bug or not, but the doctor corrected him like said, "No, my name's not Eugene. It's E something."
0: E G, I think it was. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that,
1: that's a, that's supposed to be a clue for us that yeah, he's a bug. Yeah. Uh-huh. And a moderate bug at that. Yeah.
0: As was uh, Hawthorne. Or was Hawthorne human? I can't remember now.
2: He was human. Oh, no, no. His
0: partner was, <clears throat> it was the bug, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hmm. But they seem to get along pretty well, the two, the two cops. I mean...
1: Yeah.
0: It, it, it's a very soft um, occupation.
1: Uh, it, it, that's why I say it's not really an occupation. It's uh, it, it, it's just, there, there's, interp- there's interpolation of the bugs into, into Earth, but... Mm-hmm. It's not really like they're ruling us. They're they're trying to influence and change things, but they're not actually. I mean, I mean, they're not they're not trying to dominate the game, for example, which would make no, sense that, if they were trying to rule us. But
2: and that's if, what I the, think war right, well, I, I, the war
0: party wanted, right? The war party wants. I think it's like um, you know, the United States goes into Japan after World War II, and they say, "Okay, you're done with uh, imperial japan right now it's time for capitalism and democracy and the japanese are like mm, okay we'll try it <laughs> um and when the bugs come in they say okay you're done with all those earth uh, politics now you're playing the game <laughs> right and it's like okay i guess yeah. we're playing the game <laughs> um and they but they really get into it right i mean it seems to be their major social activity um, yeah, and I
2: think it, I kind of got the impression that the Vugs are uh, that because it was that whole focus on repopulating the Earth, that that's why they went along with it. Like it was mm-hmm. kind of administrated by them as a way to encourage humans right. to keep breeding.
1: Mm-hmm. I I think it's a good good tactic on Dick's part to have such a depopulated Earth because we get that sense of wide open empty spaces mm-hmm. and and empty cities, but it also allows Dick to boil down to everybody knows everybody or at least knows of everyone because everyone knows about that record store in New Mexico. That's where you go for your mm-hmm. vintage records because that's the only one. Mm-hmm. It makes, so it allows a very village sort of feel to the novel because everybody, because everyone's heard of Lucky Luckman because, well, there's not that many people left and you can broadcast to the whole earth that, Hey, we got a baby. And how many people are going to find out? Uh, a couple million tops because that's all that's left on the earth. I mean, we get sense there's ten thousand here, ten thousand there, so I'm thinking the total population left on the earth has got to be at tops a couple million.
0: Yeah, is, probably less than that is. Yeah, I was I was thinking hundred thousand or something. Yeah, well, but yeah, just, it's, it's, it, it 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 is true. In in other novels where he's got people traveling across the country, uh, the population is underrepresented, so it is a skillful.
1: Yeah. Uh, here 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 his justified because that's what happened to the earth. So so he can hmm. he can shave off all the extra characters or make just, you know, focus on his core set plus the elevators and cars and things because there is nobody else left. So it's like it gives like a haunting feel to the to uh to the landscape and I and I kinda like that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was great. I
0: wanted to uh, also there there's there's one character name that I um I I glommed onto after maybe a half hour listening and I'm like, Oh yeah. Uh, So, um, it's the main character, Peter garden. Um, so Pete is a name he's used in a number of stories. Um, uh, it's usually often and usually a symbol for uh, infidelity <laughs> which I think is funny because we have that uh, here it, it but it's legit right he, yeah. he's, he's divorced from his wife and now his wife wants to come back with him and maybe he can hang out well it's not strictly in the rules or whatever um, and then he like some he imports a they import a wife for him into the group <laughs>
3: yeah
0: he, he rolls the three. Oh, now they're married. <laughs> they go home together and uh, get pregnant instantly. Basically, she bites the 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 uh, rabbit, rabbit paper. paper. I mean, rabbit I paper. <laughs> it's like well, yeah, well, it's the future. They have a faster test, not peeing on a stick, right? It's, yeah, a
3: little, yeah, a paper. little
1: more kosher. Yeah, than having to pee on something. <laughs> oh, just bite on. It. Oh, it turned green. Great. Yeah. Tell tell the world. I was worried about the
0: green had been changed, that green means not pregnant after, but then that no, it turned out they were pregnant. So that was, that was all fun. But, but I, I kept going back to uh, garden and, and then I realized, oh yeah, uh, there's a story of re- one of my favorites of Dick's, a very, very, very short story called out in the garden. And there's no character named a garden in that story. Um, I'll read the Wikipedia entry for it because I think it's uh, probably a better, faster summary than I could read, but I will add a little detail to it afterwards. Okay. So Out in the Garden, first published in fantasy fiction, 1953. Uh, this story is about a wife who spends most of her time in the garden with her duck reading and meditating while the duck is chasing spiders to eat. Her husband is inside the house all the time. Uh, he's a uh, article writer, by the way, the husband. One day, the woman gives birth to their son, and the man, tired of the duck, kills it. Uh, that's not exactly what happens in the story. He drives it out to the country, and we're, we're told, he puts it in a suitcase. But we're, <laughs> we're given, we're given to the idea that, um, this duck has been killed, but it's never clear. A few years later, the man is uncertain whether he is the father of his son, since the boy seems to be in the garden all the time. Uh, the boy asks uh, one day when the, uh, the wife is out doing grocery shopping and getting her hair done. Um, and he sees the child playing out in the yard and he goes out there. I'm diverging from the, from the story or the description here. I'll go back to it. The boy asks his father if he wants to play with him in the garden. And the father agrees only to find out the boy is eating spiders. (laughs) He's got a bowl full of spiders and worms. Um, so, it's a little underdeveloped in this description, but basically what happens is at the beginning of the story, a visitor, an old friend of the couple comes by and says, hey, you've got a beautiful garden here, um, and wow, you look so great. I haven't seen you guys for years. And the wife is sitting out in the garden under the willow tree with her duck sort of running around, and the duck is named Sir Francis, which I thought was a nice, we get that later <laughs> in the novel, right? Sir Francis, get it? Right. The, You get it? Get the joke? Sir Francis the Drake. Drake. Yes. Male duck, right? Ha! So Sir Francis is out there in the garden, picking up um, uh, spiders and worms out of the garden. And um, when this friend comes by, she picks the duck up and puts it on her lap and lets him sit where the duck was. And the friend says, oh, yeah, it's beautiful out here. It reminds me of a poem by Yeats. And just lets it lie there for a second. He says, how does it go? Um, and he quotes a line from Leda and the Swan. And if you guys know that story, Leda and the Swan, you guys know that one?
1: That's the yeah. one where Zeus turns into a swan to impregnate a woman? That's that? right. Okay.
0: That's right. Zeus turns into a swan, impregnates a woman by actually by raping her. Um, and it's actually, it's, a, it's supposed to be a beautiful poem, but it's a poem about, you know, uh Sexual assault, uh, rape, yeah. God, sexual assault, a, a god raping a young woman, but the fruit of that that rape is Helen of Troy, right? So it's got all this, you know, the beauty of the gods, blah blah blah. Anyways, he just starts quoting the poem, and the wife gets really angry and huffs, goes off in a huff, right? And oh, like, why is she so angry? And the the husband says, "Why, why are you so angry to her?" and she says, "He knows. He knows I'm pregnant." So, ultimately, this is a story about a it's a fantasy story about a woman who's who's had a relationship with her duck, oh, <laughs> and the pants being backholded by a duck.
1: <laughs> bizarre. Oh, bizarre! That's yeah. why the boy eating That's spiders. That's why he's eating spiders. Yeah, because he's eating what a duck would.
0: And there's, there's like all sorts of, the boy's doing a drawing and it's, it's like a, the sun in the a blue sky. And, and he says, Oh, that's pretty. And he says, Who's that? And he says, It's Sir Francis. It's like, instead of being, you know, the god of the, the sky, he's the god of the sun or something. It's just so weird, a weird little story about, you know, but all, all, always, it always comes back to Dick is concerned that his wife is cheating on him. <laughs> and, <laughs> What does that mean? How would I know? Well, if the boy does eat spiders, because she does like spending time with the spider, the duck, if the boy eats spiders, then he's probably not mine. <laughs> Why? How funny! I know. So I, I'm I'm not sure what Dick is, you know, doing with a, like, you know, throwing that name in garden, but it, it it you know if you read enough of his stuff, it just sort of these names float around and.
1: Pop-up ideas, yeah, Keep connecting yeah. back and forth to each other. Was there? I think
0: there was a character named Sil Silvian or Sil uh, Sylvia in here as well. I and that one. Uh, and there was uh, like a. There's a number of name puns, like um, uh, one. It was like something like the Enchanted Wood or something like that. So uh, Sylvia Wood or something like that. I don't know. It was. It, it's just. He he is having fun. The names are not even, you know, they're not even probable. Pete Garden is, you know, you'd accept one of those, but Lucky Luckman, yeah, and yeah. you know, Calamite, <laughs> and uh, who's the who's the uh, uh, music expert? He, his name was familiar too. Um, mm-hmm. it was uh, hmm, I can't remember now, but he. I, I looked for a character list, but it never showed up as far as I could see uh, out there. Freya, there was a Freya that's a goddess, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's a Norse.
1: That, yeah, that's that's a Norse <laughs> goddess. Um, yeah. anyways, um, trying to remember. Oh yeah, fertility, goddess of fertility. How hey, you like that? There you one. go.
0: There
1: you so go. Yeah, there he's having fun. But Carol's the
0: one who's pregnant, not Freya. Right,
1: right but she's jealous. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh Carol's afraid that Frey is going to do something, and Pete's not right. afraid, afraid that Frey is going to act out because she managed to get Carol pregnant. So that makes perfect and, sense.
0: Yeah, and then there's Pat, Pat McLean, who's the eighteen year old who's being uh, sought after by a two hundred year old man.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, that's kind of creepy. <laughs>
1: yeah, I felt really uncomfortable. They're like, "Come on, Phil, don't do that."
0: Marianne. Well, he didn't really, right? I mean. He kind of does, but he sort of goes back to the the new wife he's been assigned.
2: I thought it was really funny when the he goes on that crazy big bender after he's right discovers he's pregnant and he takes the eighteen year old girl out and he's like trying to find bars that he can get her into and get her <laughs> get her a drink with him. I'm like, what's he doing?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean that that was the one that was kind of the point where I was going. Well, he's not like me, right? Up to that point, getting in an argument with your car, I could. I could follow it, but, uh, yeah, he, he sort of goes out on the bender as like, it's his job. He has to go, you know, takes a bunch of amphetamines and, uh, well, I got to go get as drunk as possible because
2: Yeah, that's what you do. You take the all the drugs.
0: <laughs> that's right.
2: All the drugs. But, um, that, camp.
0: I, I think it was kind of cool that, uh, at the end we have that, that fake out with the drugs. I think that was a pretty cool move on Dick's part. I mean, other than you know, he's talking about his favorite drugs, um, and how you know makes the world <laughs> different, and he gets precog abilities when he takes his meth. Um, I thought when the when uh, Pete is is playing the game at near the end, uh, and he takes the meth in in anticipation, that makes the Vug give up uh, his bluff. Mm-hmm. Then it was it turns out that that was a fake out because. Uh, he needed yeah. to have alcohol on top of the meth to be Just to actually activating you know, the yeah. right kind yeah. of high.
1: <laughs> that, that that was a nice little bit of double blind trying to outwit yeah. the bugs. I like I like that a lot. hoist yeah. hoisted by their own petard, but mm-hmm. uh, but, but I kind of liked how yeah how both sides both tried to cheat the other because the the bugs the bugs, uh, the b- bugs first do that by moving the whole thing to Titan and then they they're threatening to uh change reality and but mm-hmm. yeah. So so both sides it, it's again, it's that whole Cold War metaphor, like the US versus uh communism and both sides kind of moving but not exactly striking out at each other and basically fake outs in psychology and looking like you're stronger than you really are to actually win the game and that's i guess the whole point of the game of bluff, just like outthinking your opponent i mean at the end it's a very simple as you said game of life where you're where you spin and you either lied or didn't lie about that role which is a very simple thing but it's it's a psychology that actually makes the game more interesting mm-hmm. and so, so 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 i guess it's like poker in some ways but not, not quite yeah. as complex
0: with, with with more even more random elements, even um, more random elements, I mean, yeah. Um. Well, w- remember we did Solar Lottery, and yep, I I thought what was really cool about Solar Lottery is is that it, it, in that book and, the, and and this book together, when you take them as sort of a, a pair or any of these sort of you know s- s- different cultured futures, but especially those two, he's Dick is sort of doing something like, well, what is what is destiny and fate and you know what of this the, a lot of the things that happen to me are out of my hands which i you know i think is completely legitimate way to go right you say you know whether i get cancer or not is not dependent on you know whether i eat this cracker right <laughs> it's dependent on things that are outside of my control like the spin of the you know the genetic mm-hmm. wheel or whatever um and instead of having it be you know a meritocracy or a democracy or you know That's running our things. Well, what if it's a different, holy, you know, sort of you take one aspect of human society, like playing the lottery, and you say, let's just magnify this out of it, make it a little more universal. Um, how would that be? Would that be cool? (laughs) And we sort of see that play out. And then I think that that's exactly what we see here, too. With, you, you know, we say, okay, if, if Monopoly is a fun game or the game of life is a fun game, um, and it is when you're playing it with your kid, you know, on a Saturday morning or whatever. Uh, but then you magnify it out. Uh, how would you like that? <laughs> and the answer is, hmm, well, um, I guess that would explain, you know, the roll of the wheel. That that marriage didn't work out. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> but that's yeah. okay. I'll just need to roll a three and I'll get a new one. Yeah. But I've had it. I've, I've been married to everybody in this group. I. <laughs> it, it, what was the story uh, with the Bevatron? You guys remember that one? The yeah. novel. The Bevatron. Because there was a kind of a group in the same way, um, where everybody together uh, has experiences, but because everybody's slightly different. Um, the You're talking about oh, yeah,
1: eye in the sky, yeah.
0: Eye in the sky, right? What world are they in, right, is and based on in, the psychology of the person, the member of the group.
1: Right. Which in that of, case...
0: Yeah, sorry, go for it. Which
1: kind of reminded me of Inception in that case. is like, whose dream is it this time? Mm-hmm. So, so go yeah,
0: ahead. So, so I was just thinking that um, this, you know, there's a group. In that case, it was sort of a group of people on a tour, right, who was just thrown together. But here, it it feels to me more like um, Philip K. Dick and his friends, and their friends of friends, you know, who get together on weekends for a party. Um... And, they, you know, they talk shop and, you know, you sort of have a clique of people you spend time with. And some people drift into the group and some people drift out of the group and some people show up for the party and some don't. Um, but you're not wholly in control of who's in that group, but you have an influence on it and you can choose to be in it or not. So to me, that sort of uh, pretty, pretty blue fox is is like that group of people who hang out in Berkeley playing games for California, right? There's one of these groups in every state or province, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh yeah, I think it was like it, it it's it's kind of this is very much a about Dick's personal life, I think.
1: I I like that. It also it, it seems to me that he's talking about social dynamics and in and out of groups because i think some of the because they, they really get offended and scared in some ways wow. that when lucky luckman gets berkeley and is intruding on things because they're afraid of how he's going to uh take over things and mess up uh what they have so it's just like the out the outsider versus the insider which again <laughs> reflects again the outs the outsider the bugs versus the earth again it's like they're going to mess things up by meddling we don't want that so it's like mm-hmm. we we, we want to keep our nice little group where okay if i lose berkeley to john that's okay it's still in the group it's not like that's right. lucky's gonna lose get it and then lose it to somebody yeah, in some other just... group and take it out of the group
0: yeah so yeah. one of the ways that would work is like dick's dick divorces his wife right but it's okay his friend john john likes uh sally and sally <laughs> sally and john get married and that's kind of creepy, but it's okay, because they're both friends of his. <laughs> and then um, and then Sally and John get divorced, and then Sally brings her new boyfriend in from the East Coast. And, like, everybody in the group hates him. <laughs> it's like, why? Well, because he's new, and they don't know him, right?
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because it was never actually stated why it would be so terrible for Luckman to come in, apart from the fact that he was just an outsider to their
0: And he was good at playing, which is... Yeah. It's almost like, because it is, if if we look at it as like the game of life, it's almost like success, right? So, all these what's surprising to me is that you know the cities are the city of Berkeley is, it seems like it's completely empty except for his apartment, but there is the the few lines about you know this pseudopodia uh, uh, robot cleaner going down the street, you know checking oh, yeah. the height of lawns and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because they're anticipating a flood of people to move into the neighborhood. And when Luckman talks about, uh, you know, taking over territories, he, he always wants to make sure that the area that he's taking over is, um, ripe and ready for, for potential citizens. And there are the not, the non-bindmen, right? The, all the people who are not playing the game, who don't own a city or a neighborhood. Um, who can't play the game we get the sense that they're there but they never really affect
1: the except for s- the, plot except the McLeans. yeah and they're, the old, they're, the, they're the only non really look how, how did that happen
0: right They're not in the game how did they get a, a proper uh, birth fertility thing going and it's like as soon as it's almost like as soon as you you get that going you drop out of the game. But that's not the case with Luckman, right? He's he he's had eleven kids or thirteen kids or something, and right. he's in the game, but we don't ever hear about the kids or the wives or anything.
2: But isn't it or, wasn't there like a scene where um, uh, when they get pregnant, and then she then Carol is saying like, oh, now you can have all the property in California, like if you have the yeah, child,
0: yeah, because of the way, yeah, when you play the game, if you suddenly get pregnant, you win everything that's in the pot.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, that's I, right. right. It was everything in the pot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You guys saw that little drawing I did, right? Um I Oh
2: yeah. <laughs> <it>.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they, they look, that's why I came up with the Candyland reference before because that's, yeah. like, your little board reminded yeah, me
0: of. It was a little Candylandy. Um I, I took the the Vug from the cover uh by Jack Gauguin for the uh 1963. Uh, I just assumed that was a Vug there. But um I, I thought I did a really good job with the woman because she's really upset about yeah. something. I was <laughs> <laughs> um, very and the, Yeah, she's like, what's going on? Um, <laughs> and the bugs. But I also had them each h- holding uh, under one of their hands like that, the deeds, a stack of deeds, you know. Because it is, it's a weird game because you're playing, but you're only playing for the deeds that you're holding or something. What's in the pot as it is. Right. Yeah. So, like, I was thinking it's, it, there's probably not enough detail, even, you know, with, with all the gaming that we do on Titan. There's not enough detail to actually reconstruct this game in reality. There, there couldn't be like play the game of game players of Titan game because we've got the wheel, we've got the cards. We, we know how, you know, uh, some of it works, but I'm not sure I could play it with just given the rules that we're told in here. I think yeah. it's a little bit oh,
2: And the know? Titans are playing I was
0: going to say it but I have been noticing I say that a lot so I let you do it. You keep <laughs> it to me. You're saying Mercer? Yeah. And,
2: and the Titans are kind of playing a different game to the humans as well. Like they they're, they're mm-hmm. battling they're using their psionic abilities to change the cards and the human But even battles. their
0: squares are different, right? There was some square on there that, you know, that don't appear on the human game. But I they still sound funny. very human. Yeah, yeah.
1: There was yeah. a line of... Sorry, Paul? Yeah, there's a, there was, a, like, the squares... Well, we don't ever see many of the human squares. I mean, it's only here that oh. we get the unfiltered version. Like, okay, you you have to assess this tax and pay this, or you get this windfall, and... mm mm-hmm. so well, Yeah, it,
2: because the Titans have, like... They're talking about drawing cards, and then when the humans are playing, they're talking about, like, rolling a... Yeah. I'm rolling a three and rolling this and rolling yeah. that.
0: Yeah. So I think the roll is the spin, actually. Uh, but I, I sort of fudged it in the drawing. I had him throwing a die, and she's got her hand on the spinner. But then there's cards too. So I'm not I'm not sure how this game could work. Uh, it just sounds like he didn't put that much thought into, um, you know, maybe maybe it does work, and that I I just haven't combed over the book closely enough. But I almost wish there was such a game because I I would kind of like to play it.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> just to, at least to try it because I hate Monopoly, but I kind of like Monopoly, but I really do hate it. It's
1: I a want, horrible game. I want to like Monopoly, but Monopoly is such a horrible game that I it just can't. I mean, it it just it just oh, it's a, it just always terrible. It's a, it's
0: always terrible.
1: I it's mean, I, I I but but it kind of like fascinates. Us and I think I, this is why one of the reasons why this novel works. Monopoly Fascinating exactly. because, because because I recently read an article and yeah, I hate Monopoly, I right? like how to how to really win at Monopoly. And I was reading some fascinations like that's a brilliant strategy. This guy's like I, I would never want to play the game to try it, but it's a yeah. brilliant, brilliant yeah. horrible strategy. And basically, the idea is not to go for hotels and basically just put four houses on everything because under the written rules of Monopoly. If there are no houses left in the bank, no one can buy buy any more houses. so if you just put four houses on every property you own, you'll control the house <laughs> supply and and therefore no one can improve their properties and so you will eventually win. It's brilliant mm-hmm. and evil and it shows mm-hmm. why monopoly is terrible
0: yeah monopoly is <laughs> it, it's it's horribly horrible, and everything to do with the monopoly is horribly horrible. You guys heard about the the origin story for monopoly. There was so, there was a lady, uh, early nineteen uh, late nineteenth early twentieth century who invented a game called the, the I landlord's can't game. The landlord's game, right? Um, in which uh, it's essentially Monopoly. It's not called Monopoly. Um, in which she tried to show the evils of capitalism and how uh, the game was rigged against uh, people. Uh, that had, you know, there there's no way for you to win ultimately in capitalism because, um, once you own property, uh, you can't get out because essentially monopolies occur, trusts, you know, roll in. And then that's an all well and good game that she invents and doesn't do very well. And then some other guy, he claims to have invented this game called monopoly and he sells it to Parker brothers who are whoever it is. Um, but actually, he just stole the game from that lady. Oh, what? And, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. It, and it's just sold as a fun game, not as a this lesson against no, the evil, right? social, <laughs> so, uh, no, sorry, the evils of capitalism. Wow. And, and that's yeah. the story of Monopoly. It's like, yeah, horrible, right? This lady's playing the game of life, and she invents something that eventually, you know, is still being played today and still making money for, you know, the rights holders or whatever, and. She gets shafted, her idea's thrown out, and the only thing that w- happens is uh, uh, the rules she laid out in Monopoly actually occur. Huh.
1: Right? That, that 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 is unfortunately the ironies of life. Her, yes. Her, her, her own evils of capitalism come true.
0: Yeah, and it has nothing to do with, you know, uh, how well you play the game in Monopoly. It's just, you know, what you throw and who gets... Lands on park Place and boardwalk and marvin gardens and and puts out i mean it's not a hard game all you have to do is buy houses and put them on there right you can lose by not by not by just being else, yeah thing, right saying I don't want to buy it right but you just should buy everything right because you can always mortgage them later, so it's a horrible game because oh. it just impresses very greatly sort of the cruelty. <laughs> And you do it within the family too. That's the horrible part, right? It's the brother against sister, father against wife, right? And and whoever ends up winning, it's just a matter of of crushing. And you can see it coming. <laughs> it's not like it, it. It's like you could suddenly be overturned with a like this game he's got in this novel is a, a far nicer game in that you know the randomness element is much stronger rather than the crushing grinding. Uh, inevitable death that's coming as you mortgage on more and more of your properties yeah. to pay the landlords, who you know just have to land on Marvin Gardens and uh, get up, sew up that area of the boardwalk or whatever.
2: So did you guys understand? Did you have a theory of what the Titanian game players are playing? Because the humans are trading the property and the woman, maybe the man as well. But what are the I, thugs doing?
0: I, th- I thought they, that they were doing what I said in my original assessment. I think that they, they are trying to get out from t- Titan and trying to become human on Earth. And that they were playing for that.
2: So, because at one point they're trading, they've got, like, Detroit and a little glass bowl. Yeah.
0: So yeah you know how Luckman is doing the same? He's gonna, they're kind of doing what Luckman's doing. Luckman's trying to dominate the Earth. In the same right. way that he's and trying they, to win the game. And they're right. trying to do... They, they got so entranced with the... You know, they, they love the game to begin with. Then it, the game's playing on Earth. And then it's like, damn, let's play on Earth. Because, you know, when we're inside a human body, we experience it... Experience reality through human. So it's like, why not expand there?
2: So you think the winners are like... So the bugs that win Detroit get to go and live in Detroit as human beings...
0: Yeah, like you, you, like all the other bugs that are on Earth, it's Emigration. not immigration. Yeah, yeah. But did uh, you, uh, Sorry, go for it.
1: Yeah, did did you notice that? that 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 actually brings up a point? The one of the things they hate about Luckman is that he's not just playing the game for the game. He's playing to win and try to dominate, and they think that's crass Hi. and bad of him. They, it's like they're, they're almost Hi. playing almost like a lark. He's actually trying to gain power by it, and they think this is a horrible thing. That's, that, goes, that ties into yeah. the whole monopoly and uh, exactly. capitalism. Oh,
2: uh, yeah. He's, he's been the hog. Yeah, right, he's,
1: exactly. he's the guy who is
0: not having fun with the kids. He's trying to crush the kids. right? And they're just trying to... They're just doing the, the thing that is life, right? And mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. kind of think of it, you know, myself. I'm not highly motivated by money. I need money to pay my bills, right? But I don't I don't say more money will solve all of my interests because that will not do it. Right. So uh, but I know a lot of people, you know, they go into their life and they say, I'm going to make as much money as possible because that's how I win. Right. (laughs) And I said, well, I don't want to play that game. So uh, that's not me. But actually, those people actually do crush other people in a certain sense. So I live in one of the most expensive places to live in in the world for real estate, um, because tons of people own, uh, apartments and houses here that don't actually live here, right? Same with London, right? A lot of people come into the, with money, come into the neighborhood, um, and buy property so that they can have it, um, because they, you know, might want to flee their, their home country, or they might want to move here at some point because they've got money to invest, and it's a good place, a good way to get, Citizenship. I don't begrudge them this, but actually, the effect is it makes the price of my 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 apartment more expensive.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs>
0: and because n- nothing to do with you know my living. It's just because
2: people are the are grist of the game around you
0: That's right. And I think that that's sort of what's you know that's why I'm not a big fan of billionaires you know trying to crush the market and doing hedge funds, right? because they're playing the game wrong they're playing it to to try and win and crush the competition but i'm just playing the game of life in that i have i'm going to live i'm going to read some books and then later i'm going to die and there's no uh, winning in that mm-hmm. scenario and yeah so going back to monopoly um i think the reason to play it is cuz you it's a way to you know spend a rainy afternoon with your kids um but Ultimately, if you play it for real, you can ruin that afternoon.
2: Mm-hmm. A lot more besides, yeah. Mm-hmm. And what did you guys think of all the the Sonic talents in this book? I thought it was really cool how they how they crossed over. Mm-hmm. And um, we got that we got, one. We got yeah, telekinesis, one,
0: telepathy, precognition. Oh, so many. Yeah, and then there's some some people who who get it like only when they they're high on drugs, or
2: yep. yeah. <laughs>
0: and then there's you can take drugs to suppress those abilities.
2: Yeah, and then the precogs can't see; they can see the future of the regular humans, but not the ones who have psionic talents because they <laughs> have the, their variables or something. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there's Jeez. a really cool scene. Where what is it that the woman with telepathy is reading the precog's mind? Mm-hmm. And then and you get this like amazing. The...
0: It's Pat, right?
2: Pat yeah.
1: Al. And she and she gets a bit of the precog's sort of point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you get to really see really what well it looks done. like
2: to be a precog. You get to see all these little boxes of all the different <laughs> possible futures laid out.
0: But they could also be wrong too, which was was cool, right? He said. Yeah. It says, you know, uh, there's no way that we can win this, right? But then no. they start winning, and they keep winning, and yeah. the bugs, uh, and it's because um, some of uh, some of the people are blocked out, and you don't know what's going to happen, and and yeah, and then tying it in with the the use of drugs, finally, methamphetamine does a good thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, it yeah, I mean, I'm not this is not my favorite Dick novel, uh, but it's not that bad.
2: Yeah, stuff like that made it really fun. I think just with all the layers of deception, and then you've got these precog views as well that are changing, and it was kind of exciting. Like you didn't really know where it was going to go.
1: And and, and leavened with uh, dollops of humor. Yeah, Yeah.
2: (laughs) so funny. I love that um, Max, the passive aggressive car.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He had good reason. I mean, his owner was not, you know, maintaining it.
2: Yeah. And did you catch that scene where he's like, he has to drive? Um, I think it's Joe Schilling, that was his owner, right? Was it? Oh no, or was it was Pete? I can't remember.
0: Joe Schilling, I think. Joe
2: Schilling, yeah. So he drives him down the like the bumpy street. <laughs> 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 <Yep>. <laughs> sure yeah.
1: What, when resistance. the guy returns, returns from uh, Titan and he's in Millvagan and he tells the car to come and get me. The car doesn't want to. No. Yeah.
2: So many good scenes. I loved all the technology in this
1: yeah
2: is it good, kind of it reminds novel. me a little bit of um Ubik, isn't it or Ubik, i don't know how you say it i
0: haven't i haven't read ubic yet
2: oh okay
1: it's in our future yeah I, awesome. I, i'm not a peacock but i see it in our future
0: <laughs> oh. it's still a ways down the road though right it's from the 70s isn't it
2: i think Maybe it is late 70s, 60s. yeah
0: yeah um but yeah I, i've heard lots of things about it so
2: that was my first uh, Philip K. Dick book, and I just remember a lot of technology talking to characters. Yeah. So maybe it starts here.
0: I'm looking forward to that. I think yeah. that'll be. Uh, o-
1: o- o- it's, it's actually 66. Okay. 65 came out, so yeah. Oh, it's coming up out. soon. It is. It is coming up soon.
0: So. Well, he's pretty prolific in the in the 60s, though. So it's a, a few books away, I think, right?
2: Mm-hmm. And, and that was. What really oh, did you guys notice There's as well? Did you notice that um, AG Cami was in this book? Yep.
0: Yep. yep. It's from That's
2: right. Simulacra, right?
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, are yeah. they the same universe, the same world? <laughs> I don't
1: think so. <laughs> well, we, <laughs> well, we have we have Simulacra of a sort with the vogues posing as humans, but we don't actually have yeah. real Simulacra per quasi simulacra, So it's like a it's yeah. like a it's like a par- it's like a parallel world.
2: It is a thing. I tried to figure out how they could be the same world, and I was like, I don't think this is gonna work. do yeah, I think no. they're the same.
0: <laughs> well, the, the, you if you if you take the rules of any one dick novel, you probably can do it because you know they can rewrite the entire. Memories of everybody, and just have it, you know, be all the same world. (laughs) That's
1: true. Well, maybe maybe using JJ 180 from now, wait from last year, from world to world. Yeah, I mean, you you can connect that um,
0: uh, that book, um, the one with JJ 180 or JJ 88 or whatever it is, um, to the story I told you uh, out in the garden because it has. They both have Sir Francis in it. (laughs) It's ridiculous. I love I love Philip K. Dick's mine. He's just so fun.
2: I noticed as well that um, it's another one that I couldn't really figure out the relationship. But we had a Pete and Mary and um, yeah. um what's his first book? Cosmic puppets.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that yeah, that sounds that sounds familiar.
2: Yeah, it's like, and I was like,
1: oh, well, are these the same. Well, yeah, puppets? Mary and Peter. That's right. Right, because, yeah. wait, because they're the uh, right because they're the uh, the proxies for the two. Uh, to be. So yeah, he really yeah.
2: like reuses names, and but I just couldn't <laughs> see a relationship. Like, I don't think they're the same people there either.
0: I think I think one could very easily, and one could probably make a good amount of money too on it. Um, just make a Philip K. Dick dictionary.
2: Yeah, like a Bible or something. Like Philip
0: a, K. dictionary, right? A concordance, yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, because just getting all, you know, looking at that checklist somebody put together on Goodreads, you know, going through the list. Oh, one, one that I do, we haven't mentioned um, that it's slipped my mind here. Uh, fnual, remember that? He's such a fnual. Are you oh, a yeah. fnual? Yeah. Um, I haven't read it, but there is a story by Philip K. Dick called The War with the FNULs.
1: Oh, really? Huh.
0: <laughs> so... I think, um, you know, if we just, we, we could probably get Marissa to edit it. <laughs> you know, Marissa, maybe you should do this. Yeah. Just go through all the books, um, pick up all these words, put them together, put a, a relative, you know, description of, you can have the quote, right? I mean, And the wonderful thing about this sort of book is it would be completely doable without having to be, you know, you don't have to go through the dick estate. I mean, they might make noises about it, but um, yeah. that's a legit thing.
1: You're right. allowed there, to do. Um,
0: right? There's like all can... those Harry Potter uh, dictionaries that are there, unofficial. There, and,
1: yeah, so yeah. someone did it for uh, for Gene Wolfe's book of the book of the New Sun. They basically went through all the weird words and concordi- yeah. concordized them. I, I forgot and, the name of the author so did that. But yeah,
0: and unlike um, unlike uh, you know. Lovecraft. There's this guy named S.T. Joshi who's basically the go to guy for Lovecraft, but there's lots of other people too. You know, there's uh, Robert M. Price and many, 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 many people who've written articles on Lovecraft and, you know, books about Lovecraft and that sort of thing. Almost nobody has done anything like a scholarly sort of. uh, I mean, there is a journal of philokadic studies, but there is no. Book out there that you can buy that is the thing that I'm thinking, which is yeah, just where, where are all the themes? How are all these words used? You know, how many of the stories use the name Sylvia or Pete or Peter? Uh, you know, because he does have all these funny, funny words that come up that he's made, that he's glommed onto. Um, homeopapes, uh, was Autofac in this one? I don't think it was.
1: Didn't Not in this it. one.
0: But in the previous one, I think, or maybe it was in this one, something about the, uh, the A.G. Kemi Autofac in Detroit or something like that, you know, just new drugs coming out. Yeah, it might have been the, the blue rabbit paper or the rabbit paper oh, okay. was, uh, in an autofact or something like that, because uh, there's a story called autofact. And if you just traced all those little things, I mean, it'd be a huge job, but... I'd totally read that book. I'd yeah. buy that. I'd buy the heck out of that book. Don't you think?
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: So uh, maybe we should. Uh,
2: maybe we should start work on it. Yeah. <laughs> Group effort. Do
0: it as a blog, put it together as a book. Yeah. All right. Solved.
2: <laughs> yep. <Yeah>, do it. <laughs> it's a plan. <laughs> <laughs>